Hey, Pasa Peaks and Valleys family. My name is TK Trinidad, and I've been in the broadcast industry for about 10 years now. And you wouldn't believe how everything is changing. For example, podcasts. Before you needed expensive equipment like mics and headphones, but now all you need is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First off, it's absolutely free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it could be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast. It's everything you need in a podcast in one place. Make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Peaks and Valleys with TK Trinidad. Ciao, guys. Sean Riggs is an actor and a producer. You may have seen him in TV shows such as SWAT and Tyler Perry's show, If Loving You Is Wrong. He is now the lead actor and executive producer in the action movie called Lazarus, which you can see on Tubi. Life as an actor ain't easy, and Sean joins Peaks and Valleys to talk about it right now. They say it is the darkest before the dawn. But what do you do before the dawn comes when all you have is candles and nightlights guiding your path until morning, until your sight is restored and you can see your way out, your way through, your way to the other side. You push with all your might until the day breaks and your victory comes. This is Peaks and Valleys with TK Trinidad. I'm here with Sean Riggs, the executive producer and lead actor for the hit movie, Lazarus. This is a motivational show. And this is to help people who are watching this that like, no matter what they're going through, you know, they, they might not be in the hit movie today or they might not get the job today, but to still keep pushing through. So I just kind of want to talk mm -hmm. about a moment in your life where you felt like, yeah, this is not gonna happen. And let's kind of explore that. Oh, wow, That's, uh, that, that happened a lot, you know? Um, from even being in LA. I've been out here since um, 2006-ish after my um, first film. I did this mm -hmm. film called Stump the Yard. And the only thing, I mean, first of all, all of this is God-driven. Everything is God-driven. So to get on the first film was God-driven. But still, mm -hmm. even when you get, um, when, you, when you're getting a lot of blessings and when you're seeing prosperity right there and you're walking in your faith, there's still going to be a lot of trials and tribulations that happen that have you question your faith, even when mm -hmm. you see it happening right in front of you. But on 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 the, on the surface side of things, that's one of the core things that kept me going in general. It's always mm -hmm. to look at that perspective, have that perspective of every situation where how many times has this happened and I got through it. So if it happened a million other times and I was able to get through it, then I can get through this one. But it's right. always painful when you go through things and we're human. You know, there people say, oh, I, I, I would never want to give up. Or I, It doesn't mean that it doesn't hit you in your soul to say, am I doing something that I'm crazy? Should I not be doing this? Or should I mm -hmm. give up and pack up and, and go home and, you know, um, <clears throat> and stop this because it's not working out? But when you say it's not working out, you're saying that in the whole broad scope of things, but really what it is is it's not working out right now, mm -hmm. which means that that could change in a heartbeat the next day. 
they there I don't know if I can help when in my memory I can pinpoint. I can pinpoint there was a time in my life where I was so down and out. <clears throat> and um I was living, sleeping on couches and I was paying for whatever I could pay to sleep uh, sleep on someone's couch. And I remember there were times where I would come to that play. I didn't, I wasn't given a key and mm. they wouldn't answer or something. Maybe they, you know, with roommates I had, maybe it could have been, <laughs> been busy or whatever. And they didn't right. answer the door and I couldn't get in. So I had to sleep in a car that night, you know, and that happened quite a bit. And I don't remember crying. Mm -hmm. I, if that sound makes sense. It, it so kind of like, you... I felt like crying wasn't going to help it. You know what I mean? It just right. it was painful. Mm -hmm. What did I do? I remember that. I remember that time. It, it was a Friday. I spent the night in my car, Friday to Saturday. I woke up. I was, I was funky. <laughs> I needed to take a shower. Uh -huh. I, went to the, I still couldn't get into the apartment. I went to the gym. And I remember um, taking a shower at the gym, and, um, and and I was still had the dirty had the clothing. It wasn't right. It was just my clothes were in there, and I got through that day, and mm -hmm. I made a vow to make it to church that Sunday. Mm. And I remember going to church, and I had this outfit on. I had these rugged raggedy old Timberlands. I was broke, and here's the funny part. This is after Stump the Yard. This is after doing certain gigs. This is after all of that when people are probably, they don't see me in here. So people right. at home on the East Coast or wherever, in their mind, Sean's out there living it up in LA, you know, man. Exactly. And, that, and mm -hmm. that ran through my mind when you're sitting in a space by yourself in this, in this dark space that people are out there probably just like watching me right now on a television screen or something like that and thinking, hey, he's got the life. But that's mm -hmm. like you said, you get fired. It's like someone having a job and you walk away. You're just constantly thinking about them at their job, but they don't know you got fired. And mm -hmm. you're not there at that job anymore. And, and you're, you're, you're done. So long story short, that Sunday, I remember I had to learn how to love myself more than ever because I, had, I was so afraid to always go to the end of the sermon to walk mm -hmm. up to the podium, you know, mm. the, preacher, the preacher says, if you need prayer, if you need to come yep. right down here and, and you need hands on you, come down here. And I was always <laughs> nervous to do that. Me too. At the times when I was in my cleanest outfit and in, mm -hmm. in, in my best state of mind, when I was coming in church chewing gum, like, yeah, tithing offering today. I got that residual check. I had a job. <laughs> about to tie. Where y'all tithing at? Oh, y'all, oh, right. y'all, it ain't time yet. Where the baskets at? Where the baskets at? Y'all heard the sermon. Ready to tithe, y'all. That day I didn't have but a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. I didn't have no 10%. I probably had 10% in my pocket. And I took mm -hmm. 10% of the 10% in my pocket. And I, I still gave my tithe that day. I was, uh, and um, it wasn't about that. It was about the, when, the, when the preacher said, come down here. I was so far back. In the mm -hmm. back. I had these, these blue jogging pants on. They were it had dirt on it. I don't know why they were dirty. It's because I was living on the couch. Couldn't really wash my clothes as much, as mm -hmm. quickly as I wanted to, because I really didn't have as much money. And I was really trying to find my way. I had this long, big old baggy gray shirt. I remember it vividly. The Timberlands were all rusty. 
And I got up and I walked down there. And I remember everybody staring at me like, is this a homeless man coming from the street? And I walked so proud to the front because I just at that moment, at my lowest time, I just had to have the biggest faith in, mm -hmm. in my footsteps in. And I felt like doing that was really walking, that was really the physically, literally walking in my faith down to that podium and to get prayer. And I remember the pastor, it was at West Angeles, you know, mm -hmm. West Angeles church. Yeah. Um, and I remember they were looking at me and he directed somebody like, get hands on him. <laughs> he mm -hmm. needs some hands right now. Right. And I got prayer. And I never looked back, you know, from that. And I remember things started changing. Sometimes I can't, I don't even remember what happened. I just know I just got blessed and I got out of that. But sometimes I ask myself, like, how did I get out of that? That card, that couch, God just kept blessing me. He just took me on. And I think God just really was just like working as my agent. I may, I may have had an agent, an acting agent, but that yeah. wasn't really my agent. My agent right. was, my agent was really God. So and, did you like in the midst of that, like darkness, like, did you, did you pray? Did you like, you know, envision yourself somewhere else? Like in that, in that moment, um, we often forget, cause I, and I know why, cause we don't want to think about those dark times. But in that moment, like, what, what did you, like, what did you do to pull yourself out? Cause sometimes people don't pull themselves out and they stay in that darkness for a long period of time, or even worse happens. So what, what did you do to kind of? I had know, to stop. I had to stop drinking alcohol. I had to stop smoking a lot of weed. You know, those were the things I was using as anecdotes to suppress my thoughts. But I feel like those were not anecdotes. Those were actually walls that were blocking me from seeing clearly to who mm -hmm. I was and how I can reach and become something special. I felt like it was blocking me from the things that I could do instead of focusing on the things that I cannot do because I'm not thinking I can do them. But right. out of that, I stopped. I remember it was like I wake up in the morning and go to the liquor store and I buy Jose Cuevo. You know, that was my that was my breakfast. And then right. uh I was smoke, you know. I'm I'm not ashamed of that. Like right. you know, people, people want to walk around and act like they're perfect. Nobody's perfect in this world. Exactly. So mm -hmm. you know, kudos to you if you always drink water mm -hmm. <laughs> or something, and if you always had it perfectly mapped out. Some of us don't have that luxury. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some of us go through things, and we're human. We're human. And I went through that. You know, and that was my my choice of poison. So I mm -hmm. had to put that down. I had to stop doing all of that. And literally let my brain let my brain free, let it be clear, and let me see my vision and everything else that I needed to do clearly. And then things started opening up for me more. Nice. You know, I was able to focus more. It's so funny when your brain can just see things and it's not full of toxins. Mm -hmm. And um, I started thinking about instead of thinking about um who's not doing what for me or what's not happening i started thinking about what am i not doing more of mm -hmm. and um you know i did take small jobs after that actually i took on small jobs i was working at a bar misfit you know what i'm saying i was doing little two-bit things to make any bit of money i can um mm -hmm. i remember even was working at a telemarketing company selling selling some bootleg tape on the phone you know calling up i might call a business and I'm like, 
Hey, you know, how you doing? This is Sean Reyes. I wanted to talk to you about our Dilomat. It was Dilomat tape or something. I don't even know. I've never seen a Dilomat tape in my life. Right. <laughs> but I'm selling Dilomat tape in some little rusty little office building and making a few bucks here and there. And so those are the little things that started helping me to start getting money. And next thing I know, I was um, I had a spot that I rented out and I just started going up. Mm -hmm. And you know that was one of the situations you know what i'm saying uh, um the the things that i that i went through but I, it's still embedded in my memory because i and to this day I, I can look in the mirror and i say i'm proud of myself mm -hmm. i say i'm proud that you got through that if i can go yeah. back to speak to that younger person you know person then it's just like i'm proud of him because he could have figured out a way to just to get on a greyhound because i didn't have enough money for a plane ticket <laughs> go back home uh-huh you so know but uh, i figured it out now is there a um like whether it's your parents or a teacher like i feel like in your darkest hour um there are things that we were already equipped with to get us through that whether it's like you know your grandmother carrying you to church or your 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 mother or your father really kind of building you up is there anybody in your life um prior to that that kind of really helped to like in that darkest moment that that their their teachings kind of carried you through or was it just reading the bible when you were a kid uh it's a few 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 people actually um one of them is my mother you know my mother when i was growing up i was an athlete i ran track mm -hmm. for like 12 years and i played football but the biggest thing was i was a big track that a track athlete i was a track star out of chicago mm -hmm. My mother was a big advocate of always putting religion in my life. She mm -hmm. would have me out. She had me in a choir at church and she okay. had me in Sunday school. Um, you know, in Chicago, there's a lot of troubling things outside your door between you mm -hmm. walking from just your house to just a bus stop or you just mm -hmm. going from your house to church or just going to school, anything to the store. It's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of negative things and evil in the streets of Chicago. It's reeking mm -hmm. everywhere. My mother was always a big person to put the Bible in church in my life. Uh, not only that, all my aunties, you know, one day my auntie was making pancakes and I'm just walking to the kitchen to get some pancakes and then she grabbed my head and was like, Holy Spirit. And it was, <laughs> it was like, and I, and I have a plate in my hand, I'm just holding on. Okay, okay. I'm like, uh, auntie, my, my pancakes gonna get cold. <laughs> and then she let me go. That's my family. I got uh -huh. 13, I had 13 aunties and uncles, and my aunties were big on religion. So I had religion in my life, my entire right. life. I've never would take that away right. from my life. Um, another thing was Johnny Coleman Educational Center. If you know anything about that, you should look that up. Okay. Les Brown was yeah. a person that mentored me when I was young. And oh, wow. I was one of the troubled youths that they mm -hmm. would have in a program to go and talk to Les Brown sometimes. This is before mm -hmm. he was really, really getting big and he was gaining traction. Right. Um, when you see all, a lot of those old videos, some of those videos might be, uh, took place at Johnny Coleman Educational Center. Okay. Those were some of the most exciting Sundays I remember when I was young. Who's speaking today? John Les Brown. Oh, I can't wait, I can't wait. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. I might be walking around doing something stupid, hanging around a gang, but I was excited to hear Les Brown speak because he spoke life into people in there. And he, yep. and he would make you feel like you were about to walk out of there and literally walk to the bank and just believe so hard 
and you would look mm -hmm. and you would have a hundred million dollars in your bank. Though I was too young to have a bank account at the time, he, he spoke prosperity into people and mm -hmm. he changed a lot of lives. So did Johnny Coleman. That woman was powerful. You look up her, Johnny Coleman Educational Center. That's what they called that place. It was a church. Mm -hmm. And it was between her and Les Brown and they and they tag team. She, she was such an influential impact in the Chicago um, culture. And um, a lot of those things changed. Shaking the hands of Harold Washington when I was young mm -hmm. changed my life. I was on a baseball team. And um, I, I was living in Hyde Park, Chicago, around that time. If you know anything about that, that's... Uh, uh, Obama has a place out there now. Okay. I was in the Little League and I remember Harold Washington coming to um, um, shake our hands. And then um, he passed away not too long after that. And I remember as a kid, we, we, we were all talking about that. Like something's wrong with that. I felt like he was killed because he, he was doing so much. He was doing, he was doing so well. He was doing so good. He was doing some good for Chicago and changing it. Right. People should really, when they talk about, when we talk about systemic racism, some people don't believe that. They should really look into the history of when these cities really had people in positions to change the city. If right. Washington would have lived on, I don't think Chicago would be the way it is today if it had individuals that could lead after him that would right. take over. He was setting that up. He was setting Chicago up to have a legacy of people like him. To, mm -hmm. super, to, 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 you know, to take over as he left. And he randomly dies in his office and after he drinks some coffee. That changed because I always felt like no matter how much good you do, people are going to come and try to take you down. Right. It doesn't matter, you know. And so, but still, it just keeps you to, into that state of mind of always being good to people, you know. So yeah. that's a good foundation for me. Um, I always have that in it, and in those dark moments, yeah, I did call my mother, and you know, I I I didn't want to tell her how hard it was, so I would just call her and just talk to her, and she would just say, she would always say, well, you know, you know, and God this and God that, and she would go over like so many scriptures, and the next uh -huh. day she wants me to read these scriptures. She loves oh studying the Psalms, Psalms, uh -huh. Psalms three, five, six. That was her favorite mm -hmm. scripture. <laughs> So, um, you know, I had that in my, my, my life, um, you know, and, and, it, and then Psalms 356, if people don't know, is uh, lead on your own. Don't lead on your own thoughts. You know, trust in the Lord and he mm -hmm. would guide you into salvation. Always, always trust in that. Don't never right. think of, don't never trust your own path without the Lord being involved in it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and that's some, one of the biggest scriptures that she gave me because she knew I was on a journey. She knew I was on the path. And she never once said, well, you know, come on back. Right. Give up. She would never tell me to give up, you know. Uh, so it was strong in that. Kudos for you for making it through because LA is, for folks who are not living in LA, LA is a rough city. And a lot of people come and go home within a year because it's, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. But However, here we are. You just debuted a movie. You're executive producer and you're the lead actor in it. Um, you guys definitely need to go and check it out. It dropped. It's on Tubby. Is it Tubby or Tubi? Tubby? Tubi. Tubi. 
I, I it, it, it might be it might it might be one of them things tomato tomato you know yes <laughs> go on it's it's actually it's actually free you can download it i actually found out it's in canada and the u.s so definitely go and check it out but you know tell us about this project and how it came about well uh it first came about because of the fact that i really envisioned myself as an action star you know and i know that a lot of people my entire life that's I, I, you know what? I'm I'm just not gonna lie. Yes, my entire life, I saw Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, and Passenger Fifty Seven, and I said, I want to be that one day. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to be. I want to be an action star. I love action. It's not that I love the vanity of it. I just love mm -hmm. action. I was a crazy kid. I used to jump off the third floor of of of, of my, my apartment. I just I love action. Cause I love watching action and I want it to be in action. So that's something that I've envisioned for a long time. And so for so long, I, I, I never got an opportunity to audition to be a lead actor in mm -hmm. an action film. Never. We could Had talk, an audition. We could go about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> never. So I'm just put that out there. So mm -hmm. one day I was just like, we figured out a way that we can make something for cheap. But cheaper, mm -hmm. I mean, meaning that get the equipment. And that's how it started. It started first with buying all the equipment that was needed, all the cameras that were needed, lights, everything, all the props, laid out a list, every single thing that was needed. Next, all the locations, where we're going to be having. And then I laid out a profit, I mean, my budget list, the thing, the mm -hmm. type of how much money I would need to have to get all these particular locations. Then the cast, worked on the cast strategically, working on the cast. We didn't need a casting director. I casted it. I casted the project. And of course, R.L. has some uh, actors that he wanted to add in. Mm -hmm. But and um, I, um, I casted extras in it. Um, stunt people, I casted them. So that wasn't the beginning. In the beginning, that's where we were going to figure out how to get this going. I started getting blessed because once again, when God in the universe see that you're walking in your steps, they start blessing you. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, I was like, I'm gonna shoot a trailer. Next thing I know, I started getting blessed with residuals and money. And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of just getting residual money and that's it. You know what I mean? And it's gone. I need to invest yeah. in myself. And then Tyler Perry blessed me out of nowhere with adding me onto a show. Um, mm. two shows at that for better or worse. And then if loving you was wrong. And then I was mm. like, you know what? Got enough money to start filming. That was right nice. before about, uh, I got done filming that about a month and a half before our first day of principal photography. And that day was starting with Maya. And I got through that because of the connection I had with her agent. And mm -hmm. I thought that Maya would be a perfect and person. I'm a man. I'm a fan of her um, work. I thought she mm -hmm. was a perfect person to fit a younger, younger demographic. And it worked out. She was something that she really wanted to do. And she gave me a reasonable um, rate and situation to work with her. She was really humble about it and just wanted to be, she gave her love to it. She was passionate about it. She loved that it was a passion project and she joined on. Mm -hmm. So throughout the duration, it took about a year and a half to get this project done. Through there, the only thing I can tell you is you, you don't know hard work until you go through that. Yep. <laughs> One day I will, like you said, that's a that is a different story. It's not enough. You don't have enough time. Uh -huh. I mean, you're talking about almost giving up. The, all of that happened within that. It's like almost like I had a, a a a relapse and I had to go down fast flashbacks and whiplash everything in my career, my life. 
But every time when I almost wanted to just give it up and throw in the towel, and it wasn't that I was giving up and throwing in the towel because it was just too difficult. It just felt like so many people were trying to bring me and hold me and keep me from it and stop mm-hmm. me. And, and, and all I kept remembering is that I'm 30% done now. Before mm-hmm. I was 0%. Then next thing you know, I'm 45% done. Now, last time I was 30%. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 55%, but I was just 45%. And as I get, so all I kept doing was just kept looking closer and closer towards the end and stop looking backwards. Yeah. That wasn't going to do anything, but make me fall back there. And I, I couldn't, I felt like I owed it to myself that I didn't go that far to just quit. And, um, every day, well, I mean, every Sunday, once again, every Sunday it was probably a few Sundays I missed because of maybe working on another acting gig because I was still doing work all through there on Sunday. When I would pay tithe, when I would tithe, I would write on that envelope. Bless me, bless my family, bless my wife, bless bless our future, and bless Lazarus. I always mm. said, bless Lazarus, bless Lazarus, bless Lazarus. One of the deacons one day actually said, yeah, I remember, you always write bless Lazarus. What's Lazarus? And I was just like, you'll see. But keep praying for it, please. Right. And he said, whatever it is. I'm going to pray for it. And before, on the first day we started, I remember I said, before we get started, y'all, let's um, circle up. And we had a prayer. We prayed. I said, we're going to pray in and we're going to go on this journey. And the last day we filmed, we prayed. We prayed out. So mm. we prayed in and we prayed out. So if people don't understand the power of prayer, talk to me. I understand. I'm not perfect, but mm-hmm. I do know that there is power in prayer. And like you said, there's something out there. Because mm-hmm. it was looking over us throughout the entire time. There was so many crazy things that happened. I was just like, yo, that's just God. I mean, I, it was just times where I was like, I I can't explain it. You got to have God. That's mm-hmm. just it. But let's just keep on moving because this project is going to get done. And it had such a, a great spirit and a great hold on it. And it ended up getting finished, you know. And um the dream that I had for where it is right now is still going. You know what I'm saying? Like now I feel like the real work is starting and I'm not stopping. I mean, it's, it's, it's again, for those people who think it's just easy to, 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 to even get a show on a network is not, it's not easy to to even get it to the point to even put it in front of somebody for them to consider it to be like the involved and again, you can apply this to your to your own life, taking out entertainment, the steps involved to get to something you have to you have to work for it. You know, prayer and action go together. They're married. They're, they're not different. They're together in one yeah, joint venture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, You're not going to wake up praying for a million dollars and wake up a millionaire. That's not going to happen. Yeah. You don't just um, go home, eat some Cheetos and like, I pray, I pray, I pray every good. Okay. Next morning, eat some Cheetos, drink some juice. I pray, I pray, I pray. I pray. No, no, no. Not you got to get out there and do something. Um. So the name Lazarus, for some people who don't know, it does come from the Bible. So like what, what was the, I mean, there's a billion names out there. Um. Who decided on the name and why? Well, we decided the name because it has a biblical, biblical context. But it isn't directly connected to the Bible, but he is resurrected. So I did want that question to be asked. Mm. It's just a coincidence, but he's getting his power from a fictional aunt God. Mm-hmm. So the aunt God brings it back. So that Lazarus, of course, isn't attached to that physical essence of the um, Egyptian aunt God. Mm-hmm. I just wanted that name because 
you know, it's, 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 you know, it's catchy. It's, it's, it has the bib biblical context and it's, that's just mm -hmm. the, uh, the uh, coincidence and it's ironic that it's mm -hmm. from there and he is resurrected, but really he has godlike powers from an Egyptian source. And when mm. he dies, he, he's brought back to life for sacrificing his life. He goes on a um he, he goes on a tyrant. He's trying to bring down this city who um he's bringing down this overlord of a city that took his life and that's trying to control his city. So he's trying to save the people mm. with these and using these particular new powers that he has. Okay. So that's where it, you know, the essence of it came from. We just like the name, you know, because um it has it has power in it. And look how you just asked the question. Someone the other day said, man, that's my favorite character from the Bible. I love Lazarus in the Bible, too. You know, mm -hmm. what if there was a Lazarus type character out there? And this is what he did. You know what I'm saying? And this is where his source of powers came from. So, you know, that's where it came from. <laughs> in one sentence, what would you say to people to encourage them to keep going on? One sentence, okay. I mean, that's a good one. That's a good question. I mean, now you hit me now. One sentence. One <laughs> sentence. How long is the sentence? <laughs> as long as you want to. Okay. One <laughs> Wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, say five times, I'm getting better and better every day in every way. And watch the power of your faith in God. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, just tell people one, where they can find you and two, like I said in the beginning, but just in case you, you didn't watch the whole thing, where they can find Lazarus. They can find me on, um, I am Sean Riggs on Instagram, S-E-A-N-R-I-G-G-S. I'm going to say that again, because some people I've telling my name, S-E-A-N, they be like S-H-A-W-N. I'm like, you just stuck. You just want, you just want to spell it. You just want to spell it your way. Go ahead and spell it. Spell it the wrong way. And you ain't never going to find me. <laughs> I am S-E-A-N-R-I-G-G-S. I am Sean Riggs. And um, you can find Lazarus on um, it's Fox's streaming platform, Tubi. If you watch Fox TV, uh, TV, be on the lookout. They've been playing a trailer a lot on, um, on the actual TV. And that's, mm -hmm. and, and that's a blessing. So a lot of people have been um, finding out about it from there. But on Tubi, you can get it anywhere. You can find it on your phone, on your iPad, on your uh, laptop, on your on your television. It's it's, it's very user friendly. It's so mm -hmm. easy. It's just as easy as Netflix. All you got to do yes. is click download, put your email in, and then you're good to go. You know. So yes. Peaks and Valleys is produced by Josh Rodriguez and TKO Productions. Spoken word and voiceover is done by yours truly, Lem Gonzalez. Thank you for listening, and remember. After the darkness comes the dawn.